I'll tell you what, if, um, there's no better place to be than in the will of God. Following the Lord, always. This morning, you know, we have been in our uh, study in the book of John, the Gospel according to John, and, and we've been working through that pretty steadily for a while now. I thought we'd take a break this morning from that, uh, not because it's boring or uninteresting or anything like that, but just wanted you to get a breather from it. Uh, But really what the Lord laid on my heart was something that our men had been studying for the last five weeks, and I think the the last session of of studying uh, Joseph as a man of God uh, is tonight, and they'll be moving on to another man of God in their study. But whenever I was following along with the, the study, I, I got to noticing some things, and I said, you know, this is, this is something that I want our church to hear. So this morning, we're going to be talking about the many coats of Joseph. So if you want to, turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, and also when you get there, put your finger in there and turn into the New Testament in 1 Peter. So Genesis chapter 37 and then in 1 Peter as well. We're going to be going back and forth, so hold your places in both areas. This morning as we're talking about the many coats of Joseph, you know as a, as a person you have many different areas of your life that, that you are given different titles. Whatever you do at work, that's one title for you as even employee or employer. When you get home, you might be father, you might be husband, you might be, when you come to church, you might be teacher or leader, whatever it may be, but you have a lot of different titles. There might be also, and there always is, different phases of your life. As as we look at Joseph's coats and the many things that happened in his life, what I want you to see is the phases that he went through, because we all have those phases. We're all going to go through a lot of the similar things, at least uh, somewhat similar to what Joseph went through. So as we look at the many coats of Joseph this morning, we're going to look at the things that caused him to be who he was. And also I'm going to challenge you, I'm going to ask you about allowing the things in your life, looking at them as something that God sent to change you and make you who He wants you to be. Allowing God to work in and through you to bring out the person that He desires you to be. The worshiper, the child of God, the light bearer that He chooses for you to be. So this morning, the many coats of Joseph. So we're going to begin in Genesis chapter 37, verses 3 and 4. And God's Word says this morning, Now Israel, that is Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic, a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning as we begin looking at the coats of Joseph. Father God, you are amazing and wonderful in all your ways. Thank you for allowing us a time for us to come together, praise you, and worship you together. 
Father, thank you for putting us here this morning, bringing us to this place. I know, Father, that you had uh, a hand, not only a hand in it, but you directed it all the way. So thank you for gathering us. And Father, as we open up your word, speak to us by your spirit, help us to see that we are going through the same things that, that others are going through, and Father, that others have gone through in the past, but Father, you are seeking those who would be devoted to you. God, this morning, help us to look at ourselves. Help us to see what it is that you desire and help us to long for that, work toward that, submit to you in that. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so the first code that we're going to talk about, and you probably remember the story of Joseph from early, back in Sunday school and through vacation Bible schools and all those things. So you're most likely really familiar with Joseph's life. And the first part that we're, first time that we're introduced to Joseph is right here where his father Jacob, or Israel, loves him and gives him a coat of many colors. So, but the first coat that I've called it is the coat of humility. Because here it is, this is what the scripture says. He was the son of his old age. Now, the son of his old age could mean that he was a child, but he was not childish. That he was young, but he was older, be, older than his years would dictate. Maybe he was a wise young man. And compared to his brothers, what we see is that most likely was so. As he looked at, as, as you see how his brothers behaved and acted, what you probably see is something special in Joseph. And also, Jacob saw that as well. Israel saw that. Most likely, it was probably, though, that in a large family like that, and with an elder father like Jacob was, he would have somebody stay close to him to not only attend to his needs, but take care of the business part of the family. Now, I believe, this is my personal belief, that that's what Joseph was doing. Joseph was helping to take care of his father, not only did he meet his personal needs, making sure that he had whatever he needed, but he was also the administrator for the family. Now think about that. The youngest of the family being the administrator over his brothers. Now his father sent him also, he sent him to check on his brothers who were out in the field with the flock. So most likely he had that authority from his father. As a matter of fact, the coat signified that that he was the one that not only did Israel love or Jacob loved, but he also was the one that Jacob was putting in charge of the family business. Now, he stayed close and he tended to his knees. So that means he probably couldn't get out and do just everything that he might have wanted to do. He submitted himself to his father, to his father's needs, to the family and he did that in humility. He realized that he owed his father everything and that he attended to his father in humility. Now the other guys, whenever they went off to, to, shepherd, or to field the flock, they got out and they, they went to places and they visited places they shouldn't have gone and all kinds of things like that. Now Joseph, he stayed with his father. He took care of his father. I want to go now to 1 Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, this is what it says to us about humility. 
This is what it says. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. You see, the Scriptures tell us, God's Word tells us, and these are directed by God, words given to by inspiration from God, that we are to be humble in our dealings every day. Humility means, it doesn't mean that you lay down on the floor and let other people walk on you, but you give preference to them. In the same way that Joseph met his father's needs, whatever the Lord has called you to, that's what you are to do in allowing others uh, to be served by you. You serve them. I may not have said that right. I may have gotten it mixed up a little bit. But you are in service for someone, whomever you submit to, whomever you are, are, are humble toward, you are serving them. Just take the church, for, in, for instance. All right. What we do is we serve in the church. We are allowed that. We, God calls us to certain things, but we have to submit to His authority in doing those things, along with others. Now, if we barge in there and say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, then that's not humility, that's taking charge. That's being bullheaded. I'm not supposed to preach about being bullheaded, am I? But we have to be humble knowing that God calls us to submit to one another, to be servants of one another. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, if you want to be great in the kingdom, you better serve. Well, that's not the way he said it. He said, you will be a servant. So now, we have to have this coat of humility in the same way that Joseph did. Staying close to the Father, tending to His needs, making sure that we are available to Him whenever He desires for us to work, to serve, or whatever it may be. Now, we go on to a different section. Look in Genesis chapter 37, beginning in verse 4, and then we're going to go down to verse 23 and 24. It says this in verse 4, Genesis uh, 37. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now go down to verse 23 and 24. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the coat, the coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. Not only did they hate Joseph because his father loved him, but he also had some dreams, and he told them that, in essence, they were going to bow down to him one day. They were going to serve him or worship him one day. They were going to be submissive to him. Well, that may not have been the right way to say it, but Joseph had that dream, and it was a prophetic dream because it would happen. He told it to his brothers, and his brothers got mad about it, as a matter of fact, when he came to check on them in the field, they took the coat off of him and threw him in a pit, planning to kill him. And one of them was saying, yeah, now let's see what happens to his dreams. But God had a different plan. So they sold him, as, as it comes about. They sold him to the Ishmaelites, and they took him to Egypt. But they took Joseph's coat, the tunic that he had on, they dipped it in some goat's blood, and they took that tunic back to Jacob, to Israel. Look in verse 32 and verse 33, same chapter. 
Then they sent the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, We have found this. Do you know whether it is your son's tunic or not? And he recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. You see, this coat is the coat of sorrow. Same coat that he had of humility, but it was taken from him and used as a coat of sorrow. Jacob said, yeah, that's my son's coat. Something bad has happened to my son, and he's no longer with us. You see, whenever you are in God's will, sometimes things will go bad. Sometimes there will be sorrow. Sometimes there will be setbacks. And you see, Jacob had no idea that Joseph was still alive. But Joseph had submitted himself not only to his father, but to his brothers. His brothers, being evil, took his coat and hurt their father with it. Not everybody is out to serve the Lord that says they're out to serve the Lord. Did you know that? You know, there's a lot of uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. When the brothers stripped the coat off of Joseph, they were bearing their fangs. And then the, they were going to kill him, and one of them says, No, we can't profit off that. Let's sell him as a slave. And they did that, which was God's purpose, God's will, even though it wasn't what Joseph wanted. And it wasn't exactly what the brothers wanted. They thought they were doing away with him, but they weren't done with him yet. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, going back over there to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. God's Word says this about sorrow and grief. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see what he's saying there? Here's, he's saying that that coat of humility was turned into a coat of sorrow to test the genuineness of the faith. Whenever, sometimes everything seems to be going really good and then it takes a bad turn and, and we think, oh no, everything's over with. Well, guess what? No. God has something that he wants to bring good out of that sorrow. Joseph would not have picked, he would not have wanted to go as a slave to Egypt. But he didn't know it, but it was God's plan for him all along. We don't want to choose sorrow. I mean, we don't want anything bad to happen to us. We don't want to go through hardships, but sometimes... That has to happen in order to grow us in our faith to a certain point. And when that time comes, we're going to be able to look back on the sorrow. We're going to be look, back, look back on the slavery, the time in Egypt, if you want to look at it that way, and say, God had a purpose in it, and I'm glad I went through it. Although it was hard, although it was tough, Joseph had a coat of humility. He also had this coat of sorrow. Same coat, used two different ways. And now, the story goes on. Going back to Genesis chapter uh, 39. The story goes on. Joseph is sold into slavery. And there's a, a guy by the name of Potiphar that buys him in Egypt. And 
Potiphar puts him to work as a slave in his household. And Joseph does so good in everything that he does, God blesses him, so Potiphar puts him in charge of everything in his house. As a matter of fact, Potiphar, his, his words were, I, I don't want to worry about anything else. I want you to take care of everything. All I've got to do is come home and be the, be the man. That's the Brother Jeff version, all right? But that's kind of what he was saying. He says, you're in charge of everything. I'm just going to be the head of the house. So Joseph was taking care of everything in Potiphar's house. And then, you see, that was the coat. That was the cloak. That was the authority, if you want to look at it that way. This coat is the coat of righteousness. He was given that position in Potiphar's house. But then something came. Something came along. Yes, Joseph was a slave. Yes, he, he didn't want to be a burden uh, to his family, or he didn't want to be a sorrow to his family, but he, had, he couldn't do anything about that. So he came and he served faithfully where he was placed. He didn't want to be a slave, but when he became a slave, he did it to the best of his ability. And the opportunity to sin came his way in Genesis 39, verse 10 and 12. So it was, as she, Potiphar's wife, spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were inside, that she caught him by the garment saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. This is Joseph's code of righteousness. There he was in a totally different country. His family was nowhere around. And as far as he was concerned, he was the only one that knew his faith. He was the only one that knew the God that he served. And he says, I'm not going to do anything to offend God, much less my master, Potiphar. So he said no to Potiphar's wife. And when she insisted, she grabbed him. He, he, he ran out of his coat. He left it with her because he wanted to be righteous in everything that he did. He goes on before this, he had, he had already told her, hey, how can I sin against your husband and my God in this way? And he determined that he wasn't going to do it. So he fled, he ran, and that means he was determined, he was dedicated to righteousness. Now guys, ladies, how dedicated are we to righteousness? Think about that for a moment. Because there's, there's opportunity for sin all the time, every day. And we look at that and we say, oh, that's temptation. This is trials and all these things are, are terrible and horrible. But it's an opportunity to overcome the sin in your life. Every trial, every time you are tested, every time there's an opportunity to sin, it's also an opportunity to prove yourself faithful to Almighty God. Depends on how you want to look at it. It depends on how you look at it. It's an opportunity to overcome Every sin that shows up is an opportunity to prove yourself to God. I use this illustration a lot of times, all right? 
If you've got a football team and your football team is on the practice field and they run all the plays, you see, everything can be going great on the practice field and they look like the best team. And as a matter of fact, they are the best team on the field. Everything's going great. But you put an opposing team out there and then you find out really how strong your team is, how well your plays work, all of those things. You've, you are tested with an op opposition with an opposing team to find out how good you are as a team. You know, as long as we're in church, everything's good. When we leave out, that's when temptation starts. That's when uh, the opportunities to sin begin. Well, there's opportunities in here too. I hope you ignore those. There's opportunity when we go out to sin, but there's also the opportunity to prove your faith, to show your righteousness to Almighty God, to, to make sure that as He looks upon us, that he says, that one's faithful. That one's obedient. That one is the one that I can call my own. God desires for us to be faithful to him, to live in righteousness. Now going back to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's look at uh, verses one, uh, chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. You'll remember these verses when I start reading them because they are often quoted and often used. But as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. God says to His people, Be holy, because He is holy. We have the opportunity to seek holiness or to seek hell. We have the opportunity to serve God or serve Satan. Every day when sin is presented to us, we can either overcome or we can give in. We have the opportunity to be victors because Jesus is one. The victory is ours. And all we have to do is stand strong on that victory and overcome because He says, He who lasts, He who overcomes, He who is faithful to the end is an overcomer. A righteous one. One whom... God is proud of. Joseph had this coat of righteousness. But, the same coat, going back to Genesis chapter 39, the same coat that he left in her hand, in verse 12, it says, he fled and ran outside and left his garment in her hand. Now, in verse 13, it says this, And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought in to us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when the master heard these, the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, uh, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. The master took him and put him in the prison. This coat was a coat of accusation. You see, it was a coat of righteousness. And whenever it fell into the wrong hands, it became a coat of accusation. See, she knew she was lying. 
And probably everybody else knew she was lying. Joseph surely knew it. But she used it to accuse Joseph of something that he did not do. He stood up for righteousness, and that made Potiphar's wife mad. Let me tell you, when you stand up for righteousness in our world, the world's going to get mad about it. They're not going to like it. You know why? Because it shines a light on their unrighteousness. When you stand up and do the right thing, you're going to stand out. Because the world wants you to go with them into unrighteousness. When you stand up and do what's right, you're going to shine like a light into the darkness. Joseph said, I'm not going to do anything against my God and against my master. But she used it to accuse him of wrongdoing. Now go with me to 1 Peter again. 1 Peter chapter 3. This time, verse 14. And listen to this. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed, and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Let me read it again. Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Blessed in suffering. Blessed in being accused wrongly. You see, we look at that and we say, no way. I'm going to stand up and fight for myself. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to let God take care of it. You see, He's going to prove you right when you stand up for righteousness. Whatever suffering that you go through, He says, you are being blessed in this. Now look at... a. Uh, Verses 8 and 9, same chapter. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So whenever somebody falsely accuses you, you know what? They're actually blessing you. It, it may not seem like it. It may not feel like it. But they're blessing you. You see, Joseph ended up in prison over this. He wouldn't have chosen it for anything in the world. He don't, nobody wants to go to prison for sure. But it was God's will for him. And it ended up being a blessing for him, which leads us to the next coat. You see, this coat the coat of which was righteousness to begin with, and became the, the coat of accusation, it became something else. He served in prison. He served the master of the guard. He, and the master of the guard put him over all the prison because he was faithful in everything that he did, and God blessed everything that he did. He was trustworthy no matter where he was serving, even if it was in the prison. So going back to Genesis chapter 41... Genesis 41, he served many years in the prison. Now, you know the story as it comes about, the baker and the, and the butler, they were put in prison, uh, Pharaoh's baker and butler, and both of them had a dream. Joseph, uh, he interpreted the dreams for them. He told one of them, you're going to be restored to your job and everything's going to be well. He told the other one, you're, you're going to be hanged and you're going to die. 
and it came about just as he interpreted it. And then Pharaoh had dreams, and Pharaoh was seeking someone to interpret the dreams, and, and the butler says, you know what, I remember now, this has been a couple of years ago when I was in jail, when I was in prison, there was a guy there, when I had a dream, he interpreted my dream. And Pharaoh said this, go get him. All right, well, again, that's the Brother Jeff version. But here we go, in chapter uh, 41, verse 38. And Pharaoh said to his servants, and this is after he brings Joseph out, and after Joseph interprets his dream, and then tells him, not only does he tell him about the dream, he tells him what he needs to do about it, to prepare for the future. And he says, uh, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. So now Joseph was a prisoner after the accusation for many years. But now he's starting to wear the coat of authority. You know what Pharaoh did? He says, let's put a ring on that man's hand. Let's put a coat on him. Let's dress him up. Let's, let's get him the authority that he rightly deserves because he is faithful, wise, and discerning. And listen, when he was with his father, he was faithful. When he was uh, sold as a slave in Potiphar's house, he was faithful. When he was in the jail, he was faithful. And now God is exalting him to the point of him being in charge. The only one he couldn't tell what to do was Pharaoh, but Pharaoh would listen to him anyway. All that time, Joseph was faithful. And you know what? The time spent in prison was for a purpose. And the purpose was that he would save his family from the famine that was on the land. He had the authority now to do that. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, it says that. He, said, he, he says, what you, he was talking to his brothers, and after he revealed himself to his brothers, and after they had come to live in Egypt, he told them, because they thought they, he was still mad at them, he goes to them and said, look, what you did, you did, you meant it for evil. But God did it for good. God turned good out of it. Joseph served as a slave for many years. He's, he wasted away, as, as the world would look at it, in the prison for many years. But God was preparing him all that time to put, be put in a place of authority to save his family. Would you go to prison for 10 years if you knew you were going to be able to save your family because of it? I think every one of us would do that. Joseph didn't know it at the time, but that's exactly what was going on. So whenever we suffer, whenever we go through trials and tribulations, you know what, what may be happening? It may be that God is preparing you to deliver your family. It, he may be preparing you to deliver somebody else. He is doing something in your life to help you. It may be that He's preparing you to take authority somewhere. It may be that He's preparing you to be a servant in the house of God, somewhere, somehow, doing something. When hardships come, we need not write them off all the time as what the devil is trying to do to us. 
It might be God's allowance in our life, allowing those things so that we can become the person that He wants us to become. Joseph would not have been the ruler that he was had he not submitted himself to his father and then submitted himself to Potiphar and then submitted himself to the master of the jail and then submitted himself to Pharaoh. And when he did that, Pharaoh said, now you can go get your family and bring them here so that they can live and not starve. Joseph was given the coat of authority. Go now to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 and 7. Listen to God's word. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. So many people think that whenever something bad happens that God hates them. God's turned His back on them. No, that's not the case. You see, what's happening is God is getting you ready to exalt you. He's preparing you for something in the future. And when you allow Him to work in and, in and through your life, what happens is that time comes about and God exalts you to that place which He's preparing you for, whatever it may be. But we have to humble ourselves first. Joseph humbled himself all his life. And then one day, he was sitting on the throne and his brothers came. And guess what? They bowed down to him. They didn't know who he was. They didn't know it was their brother. They bowed down to him. God had brought him to that place through all the suffering through all the time spent in, in jail, all those things. But now he was sitting on the throne. Would you give up a few, few years of freedom if you knew what God was going to do for you in the future? Would, would you look at the suffering that you're going through right now as a blessing if you knew how it was going to come out in the end? You see, it's easier to go through those trials, those troubles, the suffering, whenever we know that the outcome is going to be good. Listen to the Word of God. God causes everything to work for the good of those who believe, those who are called according to His purpose. He moves in and all, through our life in all of these ways to bring good about. Can you trust Him? You better believe it. How many times has He delivered you through the trial, through the tribulation? How many times has He been faithful? Let me tell you, every time. He's always been there. And what He's wanting to do is to exalt you into everlasting life. Which brings me to Joseph's last coat. You see, he had the coat of humility, sorrow, righteousness, accusation, and authority. And then, at, while Joseph had this authority, guess what he told his brothers there in Egypt? He said, look, we're not going to stay here. He said, one of, the, one of these days, God's going to deliver Israel out of Egypt, and I want you to take me when you go. He says, I'm going to die. He says, but, let me, let me get to the scripture. <laughs> Genesis chapter 50 
Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 and 25. This is what Joseph said. Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. The coat that he was about to, to talk about was literally his grave clothes. But listen, they were the coat of preparation. The coat of preparation. This is what he was getting ready for. He says, look, I'm dying, but I want you to know that we're not staying here. God's going to deliver us one day, and I'm going to be ready to go at that time. I'm going to make all the preparations that I need for you to take my body with you when you go. And guess what? In Exodus chapter 13, I'm, yep, it says that Moses took the bones of Joseph with him in the Exodus. And then in Joshua 24, it says they buried him at Shechem in the land bought by Jacob. They took Joseph up. He was prepared to go when his time came, when, when God was delivering Israel, and they took him out. He was buried in the promised land. He was prepared to die. He gave instructions for his burial in the promised land. He was prepared for the journey. And guess what? He's telling us that we've got to prepare for the journey also. This journey that we're in, we may be, right now, we need to have the coat of humility. We may be going through some sorrow, but we need the coat of righteousness. We may go through a time of accusation, but God is wanting to give us authority. He says, we're going to rule and reign with Him one day. How awesome is that? But we've got to have the coat of preparation first. First and foremost. Think about the book of Genesis. The scripture, or there's a quote that says, Genesis begins with God. In the beginning, God, and it ends with a coffin in Egypt. God, God's warning to Adam, you shall surely die, came true. So here's the truth. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Have you, the scripture says that Jesus is going to give us uh, crystal white, beautiful raiment, coats, clothing, tunics, if you want to say it that way. We are going to be clothed in righteousness if we're prepared, if we're faithful, if we choose Jesus. But listen, if you're not prepared, that's not going to happen. All the years of slavery, all the years of sorrow and accusation and all these things that happen here in this world are going to be wasted unless you are prepared to go with the Lord and be clothed in righteousness. The Old Testament prophet Amos said this in chapter 4, verse 12, Prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet God. This morning, all the other coats, we probably have worn them at some time or other in our lifetime. Do you have the coat of preparation for eternal life? Are you ready to meet God? Are you ready to stand in His presence and give an answer for all the things that you've done here on this earth? Because the Scripture says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
and that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've got to come to Him to be prepared. See, God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God showed His love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and true and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Are you ready? The bottom line is, are you ready to meet God? Because today everything could change. We don't know. But unless you are ready to meet God, when you leave here, you won't be a part of His kingdom. What kind of coat are you wearing today? Are you saved? Are you dressed in the righteousness of Christ? Or are you not? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are wonderful and amazing in all your ways, and we want to glorify your holy name today. Thanking you for every opportunity that you've given us to worship and serve you. Thanking you for your word that points out to us how, how wicked and evil that we are, and how in need we are of a Savior, and how our Savior came to die for us. That if we would just believe, if we would just follow you, we could be saved. Thank you, Father, for everyone here today. And I, I pray, Father, that everyone here will be prepared for that day. If they're not, Lord, right now, would you touch their heart and tell them today's the day. Be prepared. Draw them to yourself, God, during our invitation time because this is your time. You accomplish your purpose in it. In Jesus' name, amen.